Alright everybody, welcome to episode 35 of the PC Talk. My name is Inkernon and today is April 21st, 2016. Dude, it's been, I think, two months since the last episode. Um, it's been a while, guys, but um, podcast is not dead. I have a lot of episodes I have lined up, but um, I guess I've been mostly like busy and, and a, a little lazy with the editing, but I got a ton of recordings. Um, I got I got ideas and things lined up, and so uh, we're gonna try and get back in it. And so today we got NPC Game Club Two uh, about Spec Ops: The Line, two part episode. And so here we go. Spec Ops: The Line, it's a pretty good game. That's eh, average. <laughs> okay, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about your opinion. Um, okay, so it came out in 2012. I actually wasn't sure how old the game was. I mean, you know, it seems pretty new, but wasn't sure. Um, Austin, what did you like about the game? <laughs> oh, Chris. <laughs> what did you like about the game? What did I like about it? Okay. All Are right. you recording? Yeah, I am. Oh, fun. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Before we get into the plot, which I think is the meat of of everything I want to talk about. Uh, I just want to spend some time on um, on the gameplay and the graphics, which I thought was very... that I appreciated a lot. Yeah, you apparently thought it was a pretty new game, so you must have thought the graphics were pretty good. I thought they were great. I thought... Um, so with the graphics specifically, I thought that there weren't a lot of asset diversity so they used you know a lot of the same or similar models and different um yeah yeah, like just a lot of the same assets but they i thought they used them pretty cleverly to make it feel like you know i'm, I'm experiencing something new every time even though overall you were either indoors or out in the desert you know i i don't disagree with you but in i have to bring up like mass effect where I felt like even though Mass Effect was such a was a much bigger game, um, I noticed a lot more, you know, uh, sections of it where I was like, "What the heck am I looking at right now?" That's just like, you know, like those like dead bodies scattered <laughs> in Mass Effect Three or something oh, like you that. Mean like the the weird low polygon count and yeah, Mass Effect Three. Yeah, it's like a static texture on top of like a in the shape of like a mound. And it just looks like nonsense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's. I'm not. I don't want to be doing like a apples to apples comparison because they're not the same, and one is definitely much bigger than the other. But still, like, I w- when I remember in Master, I was like, "What the heck is that? Like, that just like completely gets me out of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, like, pulls me out of the um, what do you call it? Immersion." Whatever it was like that distracting for me, but there was nothing like that. There was nothing like that in the in Spec Ops for me. Everything was very like consistent and uh, went well together. So I don't disagree with you that they were like you know they used similar assets or whatever. Sure, but I don't recall any particular moment that was like immersion breaking. Yeah, yeah. I I think they used their. I think they used the assets super well in that regard. I felt the same way. I think if you ignore the narrative. The game is a fairly well polished, although very run of the mill, you know, cover shooter. 
you know that what, what the phrase you just used if you just ignore the narrative yeah that, that's like that's like the furthest you can get from describing what the game is because the game right. is literal is like you know a narrative so like right. if you were to be playing it but ignoring the narrative that would be like I don't know what that would it's, be essentially, like. Essentially, well, to me, it would be like Battlefield Force campaign. No, you. I think. Yeah. I think. I think. Go, it's like it's like it's polished. It yeah. plays fine. You, I don't like okay, notice you mean, anything game breaking. Okay. It's like all right, this is an experience, and then I quit halfway because I don't care anymore. You, so you're talking about the quality of the gameplay without considering the narrative at yes. all. Like if if it. Okay. The way that I come across is the game doesn't do anything different in terms of gameplay that hasn't already been done, and it doesn't from a from a mechanic think, standpoint. From yes, a mechanic from a mechanic standpoint. standpoint. Yes. Um, and the graphics are well done, but also at the same time, it's not. It's kind of reached a peak of, oh, it looks really good, but it's not new in any way either. Well, it, it's like, it it's is a lot 2012 of, though. If anything, you would need right. to compare it to games of that same year. Right. I'm saying like it's a very nice looking game, but visually it doesn't do anything extremely interesting either. It does a good job portraying the environment and the characters, but there's nothing that stands out quite so much. And uh, then... Just for comparison, Mass Effect 3 was March of 2012. Yeah. Um, Spec Ops. Spec Ops is uh, June of 2012. Yeah, there you go. June. Yeah, and no, they're both good-looking games. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like... Uh, Wait, Chris, did you you listen to that audio cast that (gasps) you sent out? Forgot. Ah, uh, okay. Chris did no homework. So, okay, I think I think it's fine. I mean, it, it just means it just means Chris is going to be genuinely surprised the entire time we talk about the narrative. <laughs> I I watched another video, so I did some homework. Sure, just that's fine. Homework. Well, so the, I the only reason I brought it up was because I thought one of those one of the cast brought up a great question where they asked the writer, um, was it a deliberate? You know, what were the reasons behind why you guys chose to do such standard gameplay? Mm-hmm. Like you guys, there was nothing part- like like Austin was just saying. There wasn't anything particularly new or novel with regards to the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like, was that intentional? Like, what what did you mean? Uh, wh- why did you choose make that design decision? And I thought that was a really interesting question. What they say? I think they. He said it was more of a, a coincidence that it worked out that way. Um, they're definitely more focused on the narrative and trying to express the narrative. Mm. But at the same time, they still want to create a polished game. I mean, you're trying to sell the game. Um, so it wasn't intentionally designed to be run-of-the-mill. I think that was a question where when he asked it and when the writer responded, I thought... That's definitely, like, it would be really cool if they deliberately made that choice. But at the same time, yeah. it was also a question that it li- seemed a little bit of a reach. Um, so to yeah. me, it was a happy accident that it worked out that way. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think one can easily make an argument that, oh, yeah, we deliberately wanted to reach mediocrity. Right. It's know? actually pretty <laughs> difficult to figure out where mediocrity is. 
okay, mediocrity is not a fair term. Like st- standard and maybe like non not novel or I don't know, non innovative or something like that, right? Yeah, I can uh, go with that. I mean, they definitely uh, use the mechanics to tell the story and not yeah. to highlight an interesting thing you can do. But even like the most interesting part of the gameplay per se would be the sand. Right, that's kind of the oh, most yeah. interesting part of the environment. And they had a few set pieces with the sand, and uh, it looks really nice. But they did not make it a point where shooting areas with sand becomes in a very overly used mechanic, or at least a very common mechanic in the game. It's more like during some specific set pieces, yeah. you shoot out some uh, windows and the sand comes in. Which is pretty cool, but it's not like the environment, the sand, becomes as much of a tool, right? Which would be an interesting way to approach this if you are coming at it solely from a gameplay mechanic point of view. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's a good point, especially um, with the caveat of not considering the narrative at all because I think that mechanic of the sand thing was was important for the narrative because it helps to reinforce the idea of how devastating the sandstorm was. Right. Uh, that that it's it's reinforcing that point that you know there right. you have these huge buildings just covered with sand to the point where if you shoot the window glass and stuff sand will just pour out you know I actually remember watching the trailer for Spec Ops and I thought it was going I thought the sand thing was going to be much bigger like you're going to be looking for windows to shoot out left and right because it's like Things that you can use to take out enemies, shoot out windows, use the sand to pile in. And well, there really, are, there were points like that actually. Um, right, but it was, it was much more. It felt more like at specific moments and very minor things. Yeah, right? it, it never I, like changed the I game. It's not like these like they're not really interesting environmental hazards to use. They just kind of happen to be there and here and there, but not really more interesting than the fact that they exist. Yeah. Though, uh, I don't know if you recall, when I was trying out the Bubar difficulty, there was a one point where the enemy is on the turret thing, and I could not get to the next point of cover without first shooting the overhead ceiling to drop sand on him. Yeah. So, I th- I honestly thought, having when I first watched the trailer many years ago, I thought it would be more like that. More mm. figuring out how to use your environment and manipulating the sand environment to get the upper hand in combat. And to be fair, it's not, that was, that isn't the point of the game. Right. It's an interesting thing they can do. And they didn't explore it so much that it stood out as, uh, it, to me, spec ops will not be the third person cover based shooter that does really interesting things with sand. Yes. The third person cover based shooter that told a really interesting story that just happened to, well, not just happened, but that's set in Dubai, and the uh, and the developers made an interesting choice to integrate some sand uh, environments into it, and it just like they look good. It feels good to play, but ultimately, it doesn't define the game. Sure. Yeah, it's like I said, it, it felt good to play. It looks good. It sounds good. But that's not why the game is. That's not why the game stands out. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I want to emphasize again, though, that like, especially after hearing the writer's perspective on it, um, like I, I understand the conversation we're having right now with, you know, gameplay disregarding narrative and stuff, but it is a slightly unfair. Um, I don't know. It, it's 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 a it's kind of a weird conversation to be having because the point was the narrative and everything I kind agree. of wraps around it. So it's like, I. Agree. I yeah, I, I, I don't know. Should... Here, so here's the interesting question. What did you guys think before you played the game? What was the moment that you started thinking this game is... And this is coming with a bias that I assume you think the game is better than you might have thought it was going to be. Yes. Right? And what was the moment where you decided this game is not just better than I thought it would be, but... It's a really, really great game, and I would recommend it to tons of people for whatever well, reason. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It's a game I would recommend. Go, Strong. Chris. Um, well, actually, did you did you like the game, I guess? Yeah, uh, okay. So, um, despite, despite the talk of, um, of the graphics and the gameplay being average which i i can agree with um i feel like even though the story was the the bulk of the entertainment slash like what makes the game really good um i really really appreciated the gameplay and the kind of like the small the small things that comes from being able to play the game similar to uh to the moon where um to the moon it didn't it didn't quote unquote have to be a game but because it was, you can appreciate it for what it is because right. of the gameplay aspects. I feel like right. Spec Ops did that even better. It had I, yeah, because it had substantial gameplay. <laughs> yeah, it had substantial I, gameplay. I do feel part of Spec Ops' theme is definitely well already well expressed in movies and books. I think one of Spec Ops' theme works actually depends on the fact it's a game. Mm-hmm. And we can touch on that later. So I think it's it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, for, like, To the Moon, I kind of don't see it working better in other medium. Whereas Spec Ops, I'm more actually 50-50 on. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Some things would work fine in other mediums and has been done in other mediums just as effectively and some things but one thing in particular i depends on it being kind of this meta fourth wall breaking game i don't know if i can agree with that the i don't because that the the thing that's kind of highlighted by the narrative is kind of critical of the of you the player the game Right. That's right. So if I mean it's, if it's not a game, meta game, if it's not a game, then that that criticism wouldn't be there. Then the game doesn't. Then the narrative of Spec Ops doesn't exist. Right. So it can only be a game. Well, no. There's. I feel like there's two narratives occurring. Um, but let's uh, talk about general feelings first, and then hop into narrative because uh, I want to start yeah. with like the the lighter stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll 
You Moving started it. Well, um, I'm trying, well, I'm trying to get learn how Chris like likes the game. Chris, how do you like the game? Stop stalling for time. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think thirty seconds on the clock. <laughs> the the part where um where you have to break that giant window with the turret yeah. towards the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I would say that that would be the part where I was like, where I like really felt the adrenaline, and I was like, yeah, like. Like people should experience this because this is awesome. That that would be like that's probably one of my favorite points. Even though it wasn't like for the plot wise, it wasn't that um like important at all. But just that moment for me, there was just like just so much chaos going on, and like I just enjoyed it so much. Like the the environment, the sand, like all the snipers, and you're just like shooting this you know infinite bullet turret on a window. It was so cool. So. Did you have any expectations coming to the game? Um, I just knew it was plot heavy. I I knew nothing okay. else about the game. And did you feel like the game is? Well, it sounds like the game did end up exceeding your expectations. I'm not sure if it did beyond that one scene. Um, or how do you how do you feel about the game as um, at this point? I would say so after playing the game. And then watching a single video on the plot, uh, I still don't know if I fully understand everything that's going on, which is why I'm like really excited to have this talk. Okay, uh, can um, I ask whose video you watched? Uh, no, <laughs> I couldn't. Okay. I couldn't tell you. Uh, let me look it up. Okay. But um, I would say most of the plot, like as I was going through the game, um, plot-wise, I really enjoyed that. It starts off with you as the uh, obvious protagonist, and then as you move forward, it's it's a very smooth decline of like mm. of like you're obviously the good guy, and then you're you're like kind of oh, am I the good guy? And you're like, wait, what's going on? And then towards the end, you're like, the hell, <laughs> what am I? I like, I like the word you just used, decline. Yeah, uh, someone pointed out that you when all the playable scenes. You're always going down. Ooh. Uh, not, Minus the chopper. Not true. There are some scenes. I, I, yeah, I, okay, I, I'm not. Yeah, never mind. I'm not. I'm not gonna nitpick. I watched this. <laughs> I watched this random. Nitpick. I watched this random video by Ethel Mimer. I, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Uh. Alright, Ben, um, you're the one who recommended this game. Yeah. Um. So. Of course, I need to bring up that this, you know, we all got this, or I got this as part of the Steam sale over the winter, I think. Yeah, how did you even um, decide to get this game in the first place? Because it was $6. I was and, browsing. And thought, why not? Yeah, I was browsing, you know, like under $10 games and stuff. And I don't know, it might have been one of like the Steams recommended or whatever. It might not have been, or I might have just seen it up at the top. And I've, I've vaguely heard about it before, uh-huh. um, but I knew absolutely nothing about it i've never seen clips or pictures or anything about it okay um i think i was too wrapped up in mass effect at the time so um so yeah i knew absolutely nothing um before buying it i did try to do you know quick searches and i think one thing i got was that it's uh it's uh has a narrative a third person shooter and one comment that struck out was someone saying I got PTSD after playing this game 10 out of 10. 
So I was like, huh, well, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. But because of that comment, I kind of had a feeling for what the game was going to be like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely went in with a, not an expectation, with sort of a guess for what the narrative was going to be. So like the first half of it or so, I don't, okay, that, that's a very rough estimate. Sure, but let's sure. just say first half of it, I was kind of, you know, like, like oh, this is like not, this is not uh new, right? far, yeah like, this is not yeah. far from what i was imagining yeah. you know it was definitely it was definitely um fun to play um and i think i was have part nostalgia because i guess i liked the third person perspective with Dude, the this game was fun like yeah, it was it, great it really was um okay. though i did I have moments jump. at the beginning you know cuz i'm used to playing battlefield right now and there were <laughs> moments where i was like oh like this Getting into cover and out of cover does not feel as smooth as I would as smooth as as I would like. Um, mm-hmm. I had those thoughts uh, a few times, but I think that was just getting used to the controls and everything because yeah. it was just very different. Um, but past that, though, I don't remember whether there was a certain point because it was. Um, yeah, I don't remember whether there was a certain point where it happened, but then it moved from this kind of. You know, lukewarm to good, like, oh, yeah, this is a fun game. I'm glad I got it. Uh-huh. Kind of feeling to a, uh, whoa, this 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 is starting to get somewhere. Um, and I did not see this coming. I don't remember what point that was, though, because I've, yeah, I don't know. It's, is it past it's... the white phosphorus? <sighs> white phosphorus. So, so mm. you played the game with knowing anything about it right so the white phosphorus well, i had a i had a general kind of like idea well i had a general idea about what what kind of themes that the game was going to bring up um i didn't know that there was going to be a white phosphorus scene but at the same uh-huh. time i don't think i well let's let's see did i did i feel that the white phosphorus scene was particularly memorable was that was the white phosphorus the one where um you order scene is it oh what what did we do to kill all the civilians the white phosphorus white phosphorus you uh oh okay okay launched uh a... yeah that's the white phosphorus scene. okay okay you mortared I, uh... them with fight white phosphorus you can't yeah. put that out man just no them so all i off. that actually did not have a big like trigger effect on me what dude that was the turning point well, it's because I already had the sense that it was going to do something like that. Yeah. Like, that the game was going to try to make me feel the horrors of war kind of, like, theme. Right. Lugo so, gave it away. Kind of, I guess. Yeah. I didn't know that there was going to be a white phosphorus Wait, when, Yeah, when did he get, how did he give it away? Because Lugo, the whole, because up to that point, Lugo and Adams, like, listened to you um, very, like, you know loyally and they agree with everything you're doing and then it's like kind of up to that point where um wait is it Lugo or Adams Adams Lugo, tends to be the Lugo one who objects to it for... yeah, so Lugo... interestingly I feel like they Adams seems to like focus more on civilians and would object to your decision making like, that would harm civilians and he generally seems like the more cautious we should get out of here and Lugo's more the wisecracking yeah, let's do it. Pew pew kind of guy. But it's interesting that they also switch roles here and there. I don't know that 
actually means anything. It's just something I noticed because I originally established Adams as the as the straight man and uh, Lugo as the as the Joker. Yeah, I think that was the that was like one of the turning points where like um, where Lugo like. Uh, I mean, okay. The first turning point was when you had to decide between Lugo and Adams, but then like decide? you have to decide. Remember, you can either sneak by, um, you can sneak around with Adams. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, like, at, 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 when you're uh, to save Gould or not, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but that that point with the white phosphorus was the first time like Lugo like deliberately was like, um, don't do it, man. Yeah, yeah, like. Yo, we shouldn't be doing this. Like, this is like a really bad idea. And then you you weren't given a choice. You were just you just had to do it. And so it was kind of like, oh, I got a funny story about that. I thought it was a choice. <laughs> um, I think especially because of that Gould choice. Where yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Like Lugo versus Adams. And there also it was Lugo versus Adams. So then I actually mm-hmm. started shooting at the soldiers, and I had this long drawn out like sniper fire thing where I just kept killing them but then like nothing was happening more soldiers kept coming so i was like mm-hmm. oh something i must not be doing something right so then i restarted it and then realized that it was supposed to be a one decision thing yeah there is no choice so yeah. like even as i was doing the white phosphorus i was like this feels super wrong because of like huh. the environment that my um little minions were giving me but um i don't know that, that's how I knew that, like, what I was doing was kind of jacked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of weird, I guess. I don't do remember, mean? like, I don't, like, that scene didn't have, like, a particularly, like, to be fair, emotional trigger or something like that. Like, I knew that that was what I was trying, uh, that I knew that that was what I was supposed to be feeling, <laughs> you know? But I was, I guess I was already kind of ready for it uh, uh-huh. because I had deliberately chose not to fire the motor round and tried to fight the soldiers off with, the, with my gun. Mm. But then, and then realizing that the game was railroading me down this path, I guess I've already, I already kind of like uh, distanced myself from the action that it was forcing me to make just as part of the narrative, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just imagine. I mean, you can just um, admit that you have no heart, and we can just move on. Yeah, that too. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'm just uh, to quote Sherlock. Nice. Maybe I'm just Savage. a highly functioning sociopath. <laughs> well, to be fair, like I actually watched the scene before, so this is the only thing I knew about Spike Ops. <gasps> it's supposed to deal with the horrors of war, and I've watched the white phosphorus scene in the same way that, like, it it kind of caused some noise in. Among the gaming community, the same way that No Russian did in, uh, I think it's Modern Warfare Two. Two, I think. In the same way that that caused a little bit of hubbub, or more than a little bit of hubbub, uh, the white phosphorus scene had had an effect on people, and so I had actually seen it before. Um, I don't remember feeling much when when I saw the scene, and of course, it's different when you watch it than when you play it, but. For me, then, obviously, I knew it was coming. I recognized the scene. I did try to do what you did, though, Ben. I did try to just have a shootout just to see okay. if I could. Yeah. And the, I figured, you know, if I run out of bullets, there's always just some mortar. So I, I tried. I actually tried. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, 
But yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think if there was like a particular moment where that like that I felt was like particularly strong. Um I I can't Well, actually there were there there were several. Um but I guess it's been kind of muted now since it's been a while since sure. I played it. Um but you know scenes like where you see um the um some of the soldiers of the 33rd that were lined up and executed mm-hmm. um and you know that's got that scene with the whole american flags in the back and um they have their heads covered and they were shot execution style and stuff like that mm-hmm. um that or like when the uh when you go into the room where um conrad's former executive staff were all tortured and killed um you know things like that were were particularly interesting, I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I just I just saw the I just liked the game as a whole. I guess I don't I don't remember a particular thing that like a particular moment where after that I was like, whoa! Like I'm gonna recommend this game to everyone. Mm-hmm. Did you have that sort of moment, Austin? I did. Um. So I I like narratives like this. Um, you, like you guys might have heard. Well, you guys might have heard comparisons to Heart of Darkness or Apocalypse Now, which deal with this like horrors of the human or the the depth of darkness that lie within the human heart and the human spirit. Um, so I already really like these kind of narratives. So I enjoy when when I first played it. Is uh, uh, I definitely thought it was a Heart of Darkness thing where you're adventuring into the unknown in search of a man who's lost his mind, right? That's what I thought I was going for. Did you already know that, or did you did you just make that connection right away? Is that I, I made that connection you? pretty quick. I see. Okay. I, I did too. I didn't that, was, that was what I assumed. Right, because like, so you guys have both like, read man. Heart of Darkness? I have not. But, I mean, I, in this game. Obviously, I have. It's like, once you're like going, you're just like, wow, Conrad is, you know, he's, your Walker, your main character, keeps saying he's like an upstanding guy, like, we gotta find him, he'll know what's going on. And the whole time you're just seeing all these, like, atrocities that have occurred in Dubai and this guy clearly has gone off the deep end and to me at first I thought it would be a it'd be kind of a discussion or uh, investigation into what exactly happened to this guy that made him go crazy and so I was already like I was already yeah this is great I I like this kind of narrative let's do it Um, I guess I guess I got I had the luxury of um, not knowing that it was supposed to be uh, partly inspired by Heart of Darkness. Uh-huh. And I didn't actually make that connection right away because I was too busy thinking about, oh, what are they going to do to try to make me feel bad about myself? <laughs> um, so I was more focused on like how what the game was going to try to do to me as a sure. player as opposed to what the narrative was. But then as the narrative continued, I was drawn more and more to this puzzle of what exactly is going on here and then my brain kind of switched to trying to figure out who is on what side and right. why conrad was actually doing what or why doing? conrad was letting these things happen so like the ending for example for me was a complete surprise because i was not expecting that at all me too yeah me three so the so you know the narrative super cool I'm going through the first half is just a shooter. I'm like, all right, it's interesting. You're seeing all these crazy things happen. I know the white phosphorus scene is coming up. I don't know anything that happens after that. 
Okay, so I get the fight phosphorus scene. I'm like, oh, all right, you know, clearly things aren't going to start going downhill. And Walker begins to have his PTSD moments. Um, things begin to spiral even more out of control. And the one scene where I had to stop and like rethink my perspective of the game and realize how the game was more than more than just a good narrative, that, which I already thought at that point, was a scene after Lugo basically gets lynched. Mm-hmm. You're surrounded by civilians or refugees, right? And your gun is pointed at them. Now, I have to ask each of you what your for your first playthrough, and Chris, you only played it once, what did you do? Um, well, for me, uh, I knew the game was like, was telling me I had to like go through them, right? Because the, the objective said like, you know, like go through the civilians or whatever. Yes. So I I meleeed one civilian, and then Adams shot the rest of them. No, that that's he didn't shoot at them. So I think if you melee them, that counts as a non-lethal dispersion of the cloud uh, crowd. Uh-huh. So Adams also oh. shoots into the air. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, he didn't because I didn't see anyone like um, yeah. particularly die. I just saw him shoot. Because yeah. I was running. So that's cool. Ben, what did you do on your first playthrough? So um, I guess this is kind of telling of how I play these games. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing the achievements as I was playing. Oh, you're I was the too. worst. I was too. You're both um, the worst. No, no, no. <laughs> but um, in, in doing that, I was very conscious about... Well, so because I was doing that, I was very conscious about like the actions I was taking and stuff. Because I've oh. already seen like if I take an action... They would have, they would give me an achievement, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew that like I was gonna be playing this game twice. Mm-hmm. So I actually set it up kind of like how I played Bastion, or how I, uh, what I learned from playing Bastion, where like if I know I'm gonna be playing the game twice, I should do it such that my first playthrough is kind of the exploratory or um, doing what what the devs appeared to be like kind of pushing me to do just to get get the reaction you know Mm -hmm. and then on my second playthrough have that be like my like my cannon cannon. if you will right so i i actually deliberately shot the civilians because of that cool okay so i sorry really quick um for spec ops specifically Uh what you could do is you could do one decision and then get the achievement and then reload checkpoint (laughs) and do the other (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I, I actually, I was doing the second playthrough on the higher difficulty. Right, okay. So, I play the game, well, at first, I didn't even know there were choices. Right? The very first choice you could make was during the, your initial run-in with the insurgents. And you can either wait for negotiations to go south, or you can just start shooting. Uh, oh, I believe that's okay, a choice. I, I mean, the, the, the result's well, the same, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess you're saying with you can op- you can preemptively fire, which I did. Sure, because I didn't know. Uh, I was I like listening. I was like, I'm just gonna shoot the sand because you know if this was most other games, it would probably go south anyway, and I'm just gonna shoot. I think I think that's fine to say that that was a choice. I'd say the first significant choice, and I didn't know this actually. I read about this. Is when you encounter McPherson, I think McPherson. Oh, the the soldier. He's the soldier that's being interrogated by Castavin. 
and he gets and um, kills Kastavin. Yeah, and apparently you either. can you can shoot McPherson as he's inching his way towards the zipline, and yeah, then if you do that, that it doesn't alert the uh, his his squad. Yeah, huh? I, I did know not that know that. Yeah, and but, I missed that. But apparently that's a that's a that's a pretty significant choice. So I think if you do shoot him, then Lugo and Adams will be angry with your choice. You know, yeah. be like you killed him. How dare you? Um, Did so you yeah, shoot I, him the I second time? No, I actually I didn't even know that that was a thing. I only read about it just now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, you know, there's a choice of rigs, and we'll get into that later. But when it came down to after Lugo is dead. And you're standing in around the crowd of civilians. The devs obviously have you in a situation where it looks like you had to shoot your way through, right? And in a game that's basically had a discussion, is trying to discuss the horrors of war, I was like, I could shoot my way through, but I really don't want to because I don't want to kill refugees. I, I, I kind of trying to hold on to Walker's humanity maybe in the process of trying to inject my own humanity into someone who's clearly on a spiral downwards. So I decided on a whim, not on a whim, but like thinking about it, I was like, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I'm going to try it. So I fired into the air just without knowing that it would actually work. And it actually worked. Oh, right? It just versus a crowd. And I was like, what the heck? Like, that's an amazing, uh, very, not obvious choice, right? And that's why I went back. I thought about. It. I was like, the game doesn't ever really give you explicit options. Uh, yeah, it does. Um, because of the. I uh, wait. Which which choice? The um. Okay, this is not the first choice, but when you when Conrad tells you you need to pick which one to kill, the soldier who ended up killing the civilians or the civilian thief person. And, you know, they're both, like, hanging by their arms uh-huh. on the bridge. Uh-huh. So Conrad makes it seem like you have to pick one of the two. Did you pick one on your first playthrough? Yeah. Tris, did you pick one on your first playthrough? Nope. I did the same. I shot the snipers. Yeah, I went straight for the snipers. Right. So I didn't take the obvious choice. And so, uh, that's another good moment of this game is not just a dialogue wheel, Right. You're not locked into, into, explicitly locked into choice A or choice B, but you could attempt another option. Mm-hmm. Except and, for the mortar scene. So what you're talking about is actually yes. really interesting um, mm-hmm. and significant because of uh, the conversation uh, or the exchange between Lugo and Walker, where um, Lugo is like, or I think Walker justifies his actions saying, we didn't have a choice. And Lugo says, no, we did. And then Walker replies, no, we really didn't. Right? So mm-hmm. that's, that's a, it's like a, what do you say? It's a good summation or summary of like the kind of uh, theme or emotion that the game tries to evoke, you know, or the, the idea that it's trying to convey that, you know, not everything is sort of under your control. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I actually find it really interesting that you guys, uh, or that for that first, um, or not first, but for the where you have to the, choose the to, choice. yeah, the prisoner choice thing that you guys just instinctively shot at the soldiers. 
you could also just walk away. Which yeah, risks yeah. getting shot by snipers. Sure. But, uh, yeah, my first choice is, like, I ain't shooting efficient. either of them. I'm gonna cap you. Yeah, I guess I, I don't really, like... I guess I don't get into the mindset of the game, I guess. Like, I play it, like... You're, you're a very like, meta oh, player. Yeah, like I like I know the I know what the devs are trying to do here, so I'm going to you know I'm going to entertain the thought, you know. So and then I and then I just do it because I know that that's kind of what they're getting at. Mm. You know? Um, that's kind of like why for Mass Effect Three, I went the synthesis route on my very first playthrough, because in my mind I was thinking, oh, that's what the devs are kind of leading me to do. Sure, I'll entertain that thought and I'll just do it. You know, when in my mind. That's you not what I. Your... Why didn't you yeah. play the head cannon on your first playthrough or attempt to? Yeah, see, that's what I mean. I don't. It's, uh, it's hard to say. Okay, I, I, let's not talk about Mass Effect, but um, for this, for this <laughs> game specifically, this game specifically, I knew that I was going to be playing it twice when I started yeah. seeing the different choices and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so like I wasn't too worried, I guess. Um. And I wanted to see what the game, like how they were going to show the consequences of the different choices. Yeah. Because um, so, I guess if you think about it like a choose-your-own-adventure book, I think, like, like I knew I was going to go and vi- revisit the other choice. So I went with what seemed like the one that they were pushing for. And then, you know, on my second playthrough, I'll go through what I, I want to actually do, you know? Right, right. I mean, well, the way you play, like, it makes sense. But um, I don't know. The, as but a gamer, stupid. <laughs> as a gamer, like my so my to say that to your face, but yeah, my first um, playthrough is usually what I want to do, and then my second playthrough will be about what like the quote unquote right choice was for the game. Right yeah. choice? What do you mean, right choice? The um, you mean the the obvious choice? Yeah, I mean, I think I think after a first playthrough, I think it depends on the game. For what the right choice is. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but usually it, it's either like, you know, the right choice or the good choice or depends on how you want to play it. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. I guess I always play basically going for my headcanon. I don't play in a. Like, I actually never really went back to other games that have a lot of choice to explore alternate plot lines. I basically play it once and if I feel like I messed up somewhere that I don't like for a headcanon, I go back and replay it in an, an almost similar way, but changing just enough to have my ideal headcanon mm-hmm. of the story. Uh, I actually think I like my canon version of what happened to Walker and the, or, or the choices he makes. Now, his, the result... I don't know. The result's not always the same. The ending's not the same, but my Walker story, I like it quite a bit. Okay, so, so I, I, I need to make a comment there. So continuing yeah. with what we were just talking about, I think it's really interesting that you seem to kind of project yourself onto the character, right? Like you called it your your Walker canon and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, so do you mean that it was, you know, like you projecting yourself on into Walker? Or do you know, you know what I mean? Kind of like how in Mass Effect... So Spec Ops is obviously not an RPG, but um, right. Mass Effect is an RPG and it's third person also. So even though it's not first person, people are still uh, pr- 
kind of projecting them their themselves into the role of shepherd. Yep. Right. I would say I do that uh, for do that. spec ops. Did you do that for spec ops? Though? Mm-hmm. I did. Okay. So see, that's really interesting to me because I didn't. Because for me, it's it wasn't a role playing game. For me, it was I went in playing that. Oh, this is a story. You know, it's a, it's it's a story that I'm going to be hearing of or uh, experiencing. Right. So for a game like Mass Effect, for example, I played through like all three games, I think three times. And I've literally made like the same decision every single time. Mm-hmm. I did not explore the different options just because I could. Because for me, I was kind of projecting myself as Shepard and did the choices that I felt that I would do. Mm-hmm. As opposed to this game where I did not project myself into the character. So it was more kind of like just exploring the different branch lines in a story. So, uh, in doing some reading, a lot of people also do what I did. They picked what they would have done in this situation, right? And some people played based on, this is what I think the character would have done at that point. Right, mm. right, right, and right. Which is, that's so, what I did. <laughs> well, I went back and thought about it, and I actually think my the result of my actions, right? Not sh- choosing to shoot the snipers instead of the two prisoners, choosing to uh, not shoot the refugees. I actually thought that act- that builds a story around that character that is different from if you, you know go with the obvious, you know, you pick a prisoner to shoot, you pick, you choose to shoot the refugees. Um, it builds a slightly different narrative, but both are... Both are good narratives of the character. Yeah. I mean, um, I think... So, I was like, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to, let's say, we should get into the narrative. Because, Chris, if you had stuff you want to clear up, this would be a good time to do it. And I also want to hear uh, about your decisions on the other choices, especially the last choice. Um. So... But, yeah, go for it. Before we get into that, like, this... I think uh, Austin brought up a really good point about, like, being able to choose things that, like, I didn't really realize was, like that big of a thing but um i think that's what makes spec ops as a game um really fun and like um a, l- a little bit more dynamic than your typical um military kind of storyline because like i get really frustrated at some um like movies military movies because they make decisions that i wouldn't normally have made <laughs> and like and uh-huh. And yes, it was apparent in Spec Ops, like, with the whole White Phosphorus thing, like, I clearly wouldn't have done that. But um, but it was really cool as a game because I was able to make some choices that were a lot more satisfying to me personally than it was watching a movie. Because I was like, you know, I'm not going to choose a prisoner. I'm going to choose to, you know, not conform right. to anything. And that's just something that I personally found really satisfying to do what I wanted to do. I think you guys are just better at role playing than I am. <laughs> I just can't do it. I mean, I, I admit I like role playing. Yeah. It's, Nerd. I grew up on role playing games. What can I it's say? like he plays Dungeons and Dragons or something. <laughs> Tuesday nights or something. Yeah. Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. with a bunch hey, of other D&D nerds. D&D is awesome, all right? All right, D&D's real awesome, guys. God. It's um, like he's a dungeon master for characters like Gaylord Harmony and Icolos. Gosh, I would never make a, a bard hey guys, named Gaylord no, Harmony. I know. Who names a character no, Gaylord? Radio, guys. Not to the public, man. <laughs> Stop embarrassing me. Um, Let's talk about the narrative as overall, right? Yes. So the, the main idea is you start, you come to Dubai, 
it kind of starts as a generic military shooter. You don't know what's happening in Dubai. Everything's gone out the window. Um, you know, the outside world has lost communications and you're sent in to figure out what the heck happened. Uh, so you're a crack elite squad. Kind of the way that you play, you tend to play crack soldiers in other uh, war, uh, war shooter games, military shooter games. Uh, you tend to play like elite soldiers and you're the best of the best. And then halfway through, basically the whole time you don't really know what's going on, right? I think that's kind of why when there's a McPherson choice, it actually makes a lot of sense that you might not know there's a choice or if you just think about narrative, there's not really a good reason to shoot him, right? You know, besides the fact you just saw him kill the other American, turns out to be CIA. Yeah, but... And actually, I think it also said that the you know the crosshair is green if you're pointing at him. Mm. Right. So um, like, there's a lot of indicators that why are you you're shooting? Not supp- this guy? Right. Right. Exactly. Right. But it's interesting that the game lets you do that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. Maybe your walker is like just doesn't trust anyone at that point. Well, I, I think narratively he doesn't really have any reason to do that. But I think it kind of it it this is kind of going into the the whole. Um, uh, criticism of the the shooting genre in general, right? The whole like um, the the gamer is so desent- desensitized to it that you know he can just shoot 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 a soldier and you know not blink an eye kind of like thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, okay. you, I, I I don't think yeah. that choice is particularly significant, but it was interesting that they allowed that. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely in, interesting. In a coding perspective, it's really cool. So. You eventually get a point where you have to throw white phosphorus because you're standing between you and where you think Conrad will be is tons of soldiers from the 33rd, right? So you launch white phosphorus, you horrifically end up causing significant civilian casualties, and after that is when you finally start hearing from the Conrad character. Right? So... Then you basically fight your way towards this complex, um, end up or fighting towards this complex, end up running into another CIA agent, help him basically destroy Dubai's entire water source. Things go poorly, and you destroy the radio tower where the radio guy is at. Chris, what exactly like? Like I, I assume you understand the the superficial level of the plot. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so let's great, go through the choices. Great right? question, Austin. So let's go through the the choices. Uh-huh. Did you, at the very first scene when the insurgents are yelling at Lugo, did you guys preemptively shoot or wait? What? Wait, which part? That, that very early scene. With the where Lugo is talking to the insurgents in Farsi, oh, and it gives you the the cue to shoot out the glass. Or no, the I, I I I waited until they started shooting. Okay, Chris, did you wait? I honestly don't remember. Okay, uh, second choice is if you shoot McPherson, and nope. I presume everyone just let him go. Oh, we didn't. None of us huh? knew that. I think. Okay. Um, 
third choice was save gold or save the civilians? Um, that one, I don't think it was very well done because it actually wasn't obvious to me what they meant by save the civilians. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't like because because the character was like locked into place there. Like, uh-huh. I didn't realize you could go around and drop down, you know, because I didn't know that that option was there. So um, I thought the save gold or the save the civilians meant um, not to shoot right away and let the events play its course, wait for the soldiers to move out of the way and then drop down. Mm-hmm. So I was I was actually doing that. And then, you know, he just gets killed. Or so gold just I was gets actually, killed, yeah. Yeah, so I was actually just... Uh, confused as to like yeah I guess I, I wasn't really clear to me exactly how I was supposed to pick like it it looked to me like there was only one thing I could do I agree that part was uh, convoluted even even though I understood the choices um, doing doing the save the civilians choice was it took me several tries because it didn't exactly make sense what I was supposed to do was that your instinct, though? Did you did you want to save civilians or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I knew I knew the choices yeah. that they were giving me. It's just that when I was doing the choice, it didn't really make sense how yeah. I was supposed to do okay. it. Okay, so you but... chose, this, but the choices you chose to save civilians. Yeah. Okay. So I chose to save gold. I was like, nah, forget it. I'm saving gold. Gold. Um. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what my answer would be because. Like, it wasn't clear to me that it was even a choice because the last thing was uh, Lugo saying, let me take the shot or whatever. Yeah, then, I guess um, so. Then I waited and then they just kind of like keep torturing him. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, well, I guess they're railroading me. So I just, you know, shot to save gold, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't because I wanted to save him over saving the civilians. Would you have saved the civilians if the choice is more obvious? Uh, it's hard. It's hard to say. I... Right? How can I how can I say that with any validity? Because he knows now. Well, what's your yeah. headcanon? Like, what would your headcanon be? Or is it does it not matter to you? Yeah, I mean, it's already passed. It's already ruined for me that that part because I know ruined. I know what happens to both. Like, I'm like for me, it's it's too artificial to just be like, oh, I like that choice better, so I'm gonna pick it. Well, it's it's not necessarily what's better. I mean, they're both not. I think they're both valid choices. Well, I mean, they're definitely valid in the sense that the developers let you choose them, right? I guess it's, to me it's, it's moral. Might. It's morally ambiguous, right? You you can't yeah. really you can't really say one is uh, ethically better than another. I guess um, this kind of goes back to the headcanon or role playing thing. To me, my walker at that point was still focused on the mission. He's still military first and not. Well, that that's a uh, civilian. That's actually a weird statement to make, also because your mission was not to do the things that you did. I know, he's a military hero, this Walker. <laughs> so he's like, I'm gonna not. I gotta take the shot. I gotta save gold for the to ultimately do what's better than saving just like two civilians. Yeah, of course that doesn't work out for him, but I think to me that, from- that's why I took the shot. Like I. I was like, oh, I don't. I'm not even bothered with figuring out how to get civilians. I'm taking the shot to yeah. save gold. 
Well, from history, I guess, if anything, I can say that I probably would have chose to save the civilians just mm-hmm. from historical sampling of the choices I've made in different games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, the choice after that is the, the two hanging, civil, the civilian and the soldier prisoners hanging, and we know that Chris shot snipers, I shot snipers. I don't remember, is this one of the ones where you made a choice while metagaming the game, or did you well, pick... I played- I played the entire game while meta gaming. Okay. <laughs> All right, so maybe maybe you're not. Maybe I wasn't. I, I wasn't role playing, is what I mean. Like you guys were. You right. guys were role playing, but I wasn't okay. playing. I wasn't role playing. Um, yeah, the... I I chose to shoot the civilian. Act, uh, not sorry. I chose to shoot the soldier, but mm. then it wasn't like I had. I, I had zero like reason why this why one over the other if anything i guess it was like oh i guess it's like a civilian is somehow in some sense more innocent maybe like from the i don't i don't know from the i, I feel like the way yeah i feel like the way um conrad or whoever was talking to you uh-huh. uh if i had to choose between one of those two i too would have shot the soldier because he uh-huh. came off as more guilty from, yeah like, the way he was describing it yeah it's well especially because the the guy stole something and then the soldier went and ended up killing his family right mm-hmm. so right. if i were to try to like somehow in by some moral stick try to judge them then i guess i felt that the soldier was somehow more guilty mm-hmm. i came at it from the perspective of walker just did this horrific thing he just killed a bunch of civilians right and at that point, Conrad finally reve- rears his ugly voice. And both kind of chasing the, you're making me do this horrible things, Conrad. And also, uh, I refuse to, I'm going to try to take the high road and not choose what's morally gray. I had him shoot the s- snipers with that mentality. Like, I'm not playing your games anymore, Conrad. You've, you're a terrible person for making me do these things. Including white phosphoring the civilians earlier. Which actually isn't the case. Wait, so are you are you are you saying that like you role playing as this character Walker was in a mental state where you were trying to um place the blame on conrad i definitely played the screw you conrad i'm tired of your games card in that scene while role playing no, no well i mean i'm I'm saying though were were you as were you while role playing walker choosing to kind of direct your blame at conrad like you made me do this Yes, you know what while role playing, yeah, while role playing the character, yes. Because in terms of the narrative, the story that that is what is going on in Walker's mind, right? right? That's what he's he been is doing. he is placing he is directing the blame for blame the tragedy that he committed onto mm-hmm. Conrad, right? Because of the trauma, and uh-huh. um, he sort of disassociates his mind, kind of. Yeah. You know, so cracks. I definitely tried tried playing it from that perspective. Okay. So the choice after that is 
after helping Riggs basically destroy all the water, you can you see him crush underneath the truck. Do you shoot him? Do you just let him, let him burn? So, Chris, um, we actually saw you play that one. <laughs> I let him burn for the achievement. Is that what you did? Because you seemed like, oh, maybe I could just shoot the bullet into the ground. So, I was like, I feel like Chris is playing the game and not. No, I, that that specific way. decision, I let him burn so I could get the achievement. So you knew there was an achievement. Yeah, or... I knew there was an achievement for that one. I see. I, I also bet. knew there was an achievement, right. um, but I was actually more so than the achievement. Though I was actually more interested in what they were going to do, because like at this point, I was already very amused by how um, well they've crafted these, uh, like the choice. Or not the choice, but like the, like, I already know that when I make a choice, that something happens, you know. Uh-huh. So I was more curious about what would happen if I choose not to shoot him, because if I shoot him, I know what's going to happen. He dies. Yep. Right. Um. So I, at my first playthrough, I didn't, I didn't um shoot him. For for that um event, you get an achievement for doing either one, though, right? Yeah, yeah, you get one I for think both. Every yeah. choice gets every choice. You always have an achievement. <sighs> yeah, I should have reloaded my checkpoint there. <laughs> Darn. Well, you can just uh, you can just select a chapter and replay it. So. Oh. Yeah. What'd you do, Austin? I just shoot him because I think uh, at that point I was coming from as a walker is trying to take the moral high ground at every possible turn. So, well, that well, that's kind of. That's interesting. Okay, so you're saying like you as Walker was not seeing yourself as uh, having done. You're trying to, way, trying to like, redeem yourself. Like it makes sense. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it makes exactly. Sense. It's like a redemption thing, right? Like watching yeah. him burn would be horrible, or like letting him die that way. But did you shoot him right away? Yeah, he's, I said, "Take the gun and shoot me." And I did. I didn't he, wait for him. Just did that right away. Yeah, I got and the gun. You, I and, pointed and, at him. And you've only played it once, right? So you haven't seen. Like what happens otherwise? Nope. Until I watch Chris play. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So you, you have seen it then? Yeah, oh yeah, I've seen all the alternatives. So for- so I actually thought it was really they did it very well because you know at first he kind of still stays his old kind of gruffy character. You know, like do me a favor, you boy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let let me die without agony, right? Yeah. And then you see the pool of gasoline start to go around his body and then he starts to become more panicked mm-hmm. in his voice and he's like more forceful you know he's like walker what are you doing walker please you know i yeah. i thought i thought that was actually very well done yeah i think they the writers and their voice actors all did a really good job conveying yeah. the narrative yeah um okay uh then the next one is lugo gets hung we know we already went over that and now we get to the end. So, Ben, you pick you. Pl- we were playing metagaming wise. Mm-hmm. What did you metagame first? So, okay, so I, I have to add here that it's actually kind of. I'm actually really glad that I played it the way I did, where the first playthrough I just kind of made the choices that I felt the devs were kind of leading me to, uh-huh. because after I listened to that audio cast, um, and heard about the um uh, well he was actually implying more that that is what it is 
Mm-hmm. That's true. Right? Like that. That literally is um, what what is happening. That uh-huh. everything after the helicopter crash is all in his mind. Um, Chris, if that makes no sense to you, we'll we'll be going over this. Okay, I think the video um, that I watched said the same thing. Oh, really? Okay, good. Okay, cool. So, um, so after I heard about this uh, idea from the writer, I was like, oh, that's really great because then it makes more. It's it's it made me, I guess feel a little better in the sense of like what my quote-unquote canon is because i didn't really have a canon Mm -hmm. right but then after that i was like oh then in some sense i can see it as in one iteration he makes these kind of poor choices right and then in my last iteration he kind of takes responsibility for his Mm. actions so what Um, is your that's cool that's a good way to interpret your right so like so to go like for example to go back to the other choices on my second mm-hmm. playthrough, um, I, I saved the civilians. Um, uh-huh. I shot at the snipers. Um, uh-huh. I shot uh, Riggs. Uh-huh. I killed Riggs. Um, and at the penthouse, I shot the reflection of, of Walker. So, you know, he, he shot himself. He shoots himself, yeah. yeah. So what did you do the first time? I shot Conrad. Oh, you can shoot yourself in the mirror? You had to move left, Chris. We also watched you play that, and we were taking bets yeah. on what you would pick. <laughs> wait, wait, you can shoot... How do you shoot yourself? So, you move, okay, you there's left. a reflection of Walker on the left and Conrad on the right. Yes. So if you point your gun to your own reflection on the left, and if you pull the trigger, the screen will suddenly cut to the gun actually being at your head. So it, uh, it's effectively Walker shooting himself. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the the other choice is actually you let Conrad shoot you, which is also which is him. The same. Yeah, which is the same. Okay, I I have to say that for that last choice, I cheated, and I I was I was too deep in the plot and too confused what was going on that I read. I, I either you read, read ahead or, or watched the video. No, I didn't. Ah. I didn't read any of the spoilers. Okay, but whatever I read, I knew that by shooting Conrad, I get an epilogue. Oh, okay. And so I shot Conrad. Okay. You metagamers, the both of you. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have to say, though, to be fair, this is not a RPG. So I had, abs- I had like, zero uh, incentive to, to not play? do that. Or yeah, to, yeah, not- to project yourself into the yeah. character. Yeah, because yeah, in I some guess- sense, you can, you can see it as I'm trying to optimize my time. So that I don't unnecessarily do things that, you know, like waste my time. So I want to see all the stuff, and I want to I want to like put down the game on a note that I feel happy with, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I guess for me, instinctively, if there is any choice to be made in any game, I automatically begin projecting. Which is cool. I'm a very narcissistic person. No, gotta, that's how I play project. normally. Just gotta project, project, project. <laughs> uh, I let Conrad shoot me. Oh, oh, interesting. Interesting. What does that mean? Because Con- okay, what let's go into the story. Let, what is- let's let's get what into let's get into mean? interpretation at, at, once we're done. Uh, fine. Because um, so, there's one one last choice. The epilogue, uh, which oh, yeah. I didn't get to. I had to right. watch that. Um. So, Chris, what did you do at the epilogue? I don't remember. What did I do? Oh no! I <laughs> you just I, I dropped my gun. Dude. I dropped my gun. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you chose to drop your gun. So I actually did nothing. I just stood During there. the epilogue? 
yeah, I was curious as to what will happen. So I did absolutely nothing. And what ends up happening is a soldier comes to you and takes the gun from you. So he's, you can see it as he's kind of inching towards you saying, you know, sir, please drop the gun. So that instead of actively giving it to him or uh, actively dropping it or whatever, I just let him come to me and take it from my hands. That makes no sense for your canon, though. Why would you do that? Why, when, when does curiosity take over from what you, what's right? Well, like I was saying, I didn't really have a canon. I wasn't playing my first Wait, run. I, as... I like your. I actually like your eventual canon that he's reliving these memories, trying to make the right choice, right. and in right, the right, end, right. the la- the actual choice you, the last choice you ever make is to shoot yourself. No, yes. no, 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 no. Ben's canon. I really like that. Ben's no, canon. No, no, no. Ben's okay. canon. No, no, no. You're you're wrong. Ben's canon is doing what the developers <laughs> want you to do, and that was clearly dropping the no, weapon. That's no, 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 Chris. Playthrough. You're. You understood it wrong. So when I when I was actively playing the game, yeah. I was doing that, right? Yeah, doing what the devs, doing what I felt like the devs were kind of like hinting at. Yes. Um. So okay, if, if with that mindset, what I thought the devs were hinting at at that scene was to actually shoot them. Uh. Okay. Okay. But you didn't so, do that. So instead of shooting them, I chose to not do it. Um, Why? Just out of curiosity. I don't know. I don't know. Game ended, and I was I was just kind of. I didn't, <laughs> okay. an, okay, I didn't okay. even know there was an epilogue, so I was already impressed that there was such a thing. I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" And I was thinking about all the different choices that I could possibly make here. I was like, "Okay, it sounds like they're saying that I could shoot them, and then the the game display has an obvious choice of dropping it. So what? And then it just kind of like triggered the uh, the non action choice. Okay, okay. Like, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm satisfied. Okay. I'm satisfied. Also, you're uh, you're mistaking uh, his first playthrough with his canon. Yeah. So my so my like, if I were anymore. to if I were to designate something as my canon, it would actually be the uh, the idea that everything after the helicopter crash is um is hallucination. It's like his uh his own personal hell that he's creating inside his mind yeah. as he's dying. Mm-hmm. Um, that's if anything, that's my canon. So let's get a narrative. What so the main themes is him coming to Dubai and then doing something horrific and then basically spiraling into PTSD or his personal hell, right? That's the main thread, the main progression of his well, character. There's, there's, there's two things, though, right? There's uh-huh. one, which is the critique of the gamer slash the shooting genre, uh-huh. right? Or, or in, in another sense, you can see it as the, uh, the desire for you to be some kind of hero when you are not. Mm-hmm. Right, because the so this is okay. It's not really a choice because it's part of the narrative. But the idea is that they were only supposed to go there to investigate the signal that was being broadcast. Uh, see if there were see, yeah, see if there were any survivors, and then get out. Right, because they were just supposed to be an initial recon for this strange broadcast signal that was being that was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the moment that. You know, it still seems plausible that you know. Oh, they get into a slight firefight. Oh, there's a, there's a radio. They get a distress radio call from like a friendly American squad that are under fire. You know, it all makes sense for them to go and help them and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But once they start to try to investigate and figure out what's happening, um, I think that part you have to realize is driven by one his desire to kind of, or his thinking that he's like a hero, right? Uh-huh. And second, the the disconnect he's feeling between what he remembers of Conrad versus what he's seeing yep. in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is uh, the 
like the next stage of that, which is when when he's faced with coming to terms with the fact that he is not the hero, that he is the one that is that has equally committed a tragedy. Um, what is he gonna do, right? It takes a strong man to deny what he is, right? Um, yeah. That's that's the whole white phosphorus thing, and that's the point in which um, he goes into that sort of disassociative state and starts to begins to hallucinate, mm-hmm. right? I'm sorry, I, I I need to go back to this canon thing before we move on. So so isn't um, isn't canon so canon by definition is kind of like your like in your head the official playthrough, right? Yeah. Uh, story. Story. It's the official story. Yeah, uh, the playthrough is whatever you did. Yeah, I, so, I can't I can't change that. Why wouldn't why wouldn't the first playthrough you do be your canon? Because, because the, so the, first the time interpretation, you don't know all the choices. yeah, the, the interpretation of the narrative that I am choosing to uh, hold as my "quote unquote" canon is that he is reliving this hell in his mind as so, an iterative thing. So, for you guys, canon would, is the ideal story, like the official ideal plot. It's thing. not official. No, no, it's canon it's, is not it's, official at all. It's really? what I'm choosing to be the story that I. I don't know, experience that I find in, most favorable. In a right. way, this this is most relevant for games like Mass Effect and right. Spec Ops, where there's like room for interpretation. Right? Yeah. You can think about what your ideal is, right? Yeah, you can, like, or oh, like, it's, is Indoc theory canon for your Shepard? Right. You know? And you don't have to say ideal as in like, oh, this is the happy ending. Like, what's the best ending? Rather, it's what is the story that you you think is the best story personally, right? So, so and That's it, what you think is... This is the story that I'm taking from this game. Right, right, right. So, so it is interpreted as like best, as an ideal for what you want for, it to be for for you because right. this it's is an interactive medium. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah okay, the, okay. The canon has to be something that you come up with, as opposed to say like a movie where it is fixed and it is not interactive. The canon right. is whatever they declare the story or the lore to be. Right, right, and right. and in that sense, for its uh, ideal, as in like the best for what you interpret it as. Or right, what so I like, just choose to. Right, what you right, choose so, to. Yeah. So here's some examples, right, of well, the okay, no, I, just, I just want to clarify, because for me, my canon is always my first playthrough, because it's always what I would have ah. choose to do. So for me, it's always right. whatever I... Even I... My canon is always not knowing all the information, mm-hmm. because mm. that is when I get the most of myself into the game. You know what I mean? I agree. Just, um, it, and... For me, Spec Ops falls in that same category for you. Okay. Where I was just my first playthrough is my canon, right? Gotcha. But like Mass Effect and Dragon Age, I've done multiple iterations to get what I think is the storyline that I'm happy with. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, and canon can differ from people to person to person, right? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Right. Some, some people play the super vengeful Walker. I try to play the I. I'm looking for redemption Walker, and <laughs> Ben played the trapped in his personal hell, and eventually finds the way out through well, being forced to come to terms with that, what he it, did or whatever. That's just my that's just my interpretation of the story. Right. I wasn't projecting myself as Walker, so right, right. But like that's yeah. a canon too, right? right. It's not like it, when I do this, it's not like oh, this is what I would have done as Walker. No, right. I I'm, I just wanted this to make is... the distinction that I was not actively thinking that I was doing that when I was playing. So right. it was that was actually worked out for me because it was really cool to think like, oh, 
I guess that works, you know? Yeah. That like I don't yeah, even I know really that cool. I'm doing that. You mm-hmm. know, so it it was really cool then when I realized the significance of the line when he sees the the helicopter scene again, he's like, Wait, wait, we've done this before, right? So like it it makes sense now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To me. Right. Gotcha, so, gotcha. So I actually like it, yeah. Yeah, so so that's sorry, what sorry. So, got it. Okay, so going back to the narrative. Wait, so let, let's clear up what we mean by canon here. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> okay, go go ahead, Austin. So going back to the theme, right? You have like the heart of darkness theme, and then you have this commentary about the state of military shooters. And I think the military shooter, the commentary about military shooters, is the reason why Spec Ops excels as a game as opposed to being a book or a movie. Because obviously it wouldn't work yes. very well being a movie or a book. But I think as the other theme, the Heart of Darkness theme, clearly has already been done as a book, Heart of Darkness, and a movie, Apocalypse Now. So that's why I was like, I could see parts of it being a movie or a book because it has been done. But the, the commentary part about military shooters is particularly interesting and why I think it succeeds as a game. More so than any other medium. Um, so I haven't. So I was supposed to have read the book in class at some point, but I don't. I don't remember finishing it, <laughs> and I have never watched Apocalypse Now. But, um, my given my understanding of what they were trying to do with the game and the way that I understand the narrative, I don't see how it could work in any other way. Like, how would you be able to convey to a reader or a watcher the idea that you, you personally, that you may face in, uh, that, that you may face when confronted with morally ambiguous choices? Right. So, hmm. so you're right. The Heart of Darkness does not explore your own personal descent right. into the morally gray. So, in a way, Spec Ops amplifies that theme that was explored in Heart of Darkness and Apocalypse Now by forcing you to experience, well, not yourself, yourself personally, but the character that you're embodying to experience it personally, this descent yeah. into madness, right? Which I think it works very well as a game. I'm not saying, it's not, the the extent of my claim that it would work as well in a movie or a book is simply in the way that To the Moon I can't see that being effective as a book or a movie. Whereas that theme of descent of humans into madness does work well in other mediums. I I actually think that you're making too much of a parallel between the game and Heart of Darkness or Fair Apocalypse enough. Now for that matter. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think even the writer said that it's not supposed to be like a derivative work of it. I understand. Like, it's, it's inspired by it. Uh, right. and, that, and they make certain reference to it, you know, like Conrad and stuff. But uh-huh. um, it's... Right. It's not the game interpretation of the book. Exactly. Right. It's something so more. I, so, I, yeah. So, I'm not... I guess I'm not really... I'm not really getting the idea of how this can be done in a different medium. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I don't think that's... I don't have hugely... I don't have a lot of things to say about that. I don't think that's even that's not the most important thing or even the second most important thing about the game. So kind of to organize our thoughts a bit, 
let's use Chris as our. Is there anything we want to talk about the the story as a whole? Like the the more superficial, this is one man's struggle to come to terms with the fact that he isn't a hero, and you know the story of the game itself before I move into the meta theme. Uh, okay, so, um, okay, so here's how I see the plot in in the most concise way possible: is that you you're a soldier, right, and and your good meter is like at the top. You have good intentions. You you go in. You're going into Dubai, and as a player, I'm like, I am all for Walker and what we're doing. It's all cool. And then as you play through the game, you start realizing, or you start doing more and more morally ambiguous things. And then you and then there's a lot of twists, right? You know who? Right. Why is the CIA here? What what's Conrad up to? You know why is Dubai like? you know going nuts right now and like who's the bad guy who's the good guy and but you you still think you're the good guy uh-huh and then you do some morally ambiguous things and then conrad starts blaming you for screwing up dubai and then and then as a player i'm like okay i don't know who the good guy and who the bad guy is anymore good um and then and then at the end um which we'll talk about um i don't know what the hell because I'm like, did I just go crazy or what? And then that's it. Do you think you went crazy? Um. <sighs> so I think so. I, ben and I both watched you play the end. Uh huh. And your reactions. I think. So we vaguely remember your reactions. I which think was non-existent. <laughs> it's which makes sense now because you said that you already like watched what kind of happened so that's why you went I didn't, I didn't know all I knew was that there was an epilogue like I didn't know there's an epilogue if you shoot Conrad if I shoot Conrad I didn't know that and then okay. that's all I knew so like story wise though you know that he was dead no I didn't know that that oh, was okay. that was surprising so, so what is that what do you think that means to you okay so what is, I guess it's just confusing because I'm like I don't know what's real and what's fake anymore. Mm. From the without before I watched the interpretive video afterwards, I'd, I'd be like I don't know what's real and what's fake, and like I I don't really understand. Well, yeah, I guess like what what actually happened as we went through Dubai. Alright guys, that's the end of episode 35, part 1 of NPC Talk. Um, The next episode, continuing Spec Ops conversation, it's pretty interesting, and um, I'm going to try to hit you up with it next week. But for tonight guys, we are out. Have a good night.